pray. Father, we thank you for this time now that we gather around the word of God. According to Romans 10 and 17, so then faith come by hearing and hearing by the word. We believe this evening that revelation knowledge will flow freely in this place. Unhindered, unchecked by any demonic force of power. You always confirm your word, Lord, with signs following. We come in agreement with 1 John 4 and 4 that we are of God. We've overcome the wicked one. Because greater is he that is in us than he that is in this world. Therefore, we believe that we receive those things that pertain unto life and godliness. It is our sincere desire this evening to know you more perfectly, that we may serve you more faithfully. And the believers shall say, put your hands together because you love the Lord and you may be seated in the presence of God. Amen. The Lord bless you. I certainly want to take this time once again and honor the servant of the Lord, Apostle Alfred Williams and Mama Omar. Amen. Let's thank God for their life. Hallelujah to Jesus. Glory to God. All right. If you will open up your Bibles with me once again to the book of St. John, this time chapter 1. As we were had talked to you about conflict and how to resolve it God's way, tonight we will talk to you on another subject that we believe that is relevant to the the conference. Um, as you as you, as uh, the topic I felt led of the Lord to speak on related to conflict resolution. Tonight I will talk about ministry discipline. Ministry discipline. Amen. In Saint in uh, James chapter one. James chapter 1. I know that I'm sharing with pastors and leaders, but I really feel that this is the order of the Lord that we speak in, the, in relationship to this text tonight, this subject matter. James 1, reading from the NIV, and it says, James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes scattered among the nations, greeting, consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Because you know that the testing of your faith develop perseverance. And perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, lacking anything. And the believers shall say, I want to talk to you tonight about how to handle trials temptation, 
and tests. Trials, temptation, and tests. The King James say, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be entire lacking or wanting nothing. But in that word temptation, you can do, it, it does no harm to say temptation, trials, and tests. And before we go any further at that, let's look at Philippian, Philippian, uh, well, he- Hebrews chapter 4, and let's look at verse 14 for a moment and uh, read a statement here made about, by the, about the Lord Jesus. Uh, Hebrews 4. Hebrews 4 and 14. I think we need to better understand what temptations, trials, and tests are all about. Amen? And especially as leaders, pastors. At verse uh, Hebrews 4 and 14. It says, therefore, since we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firm to the faith we profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who have been tempted in every way. Just as we are, yet was without sin. And the believers shall say, praise God. I think in the King James it says he's been uh, tempted with every infirmity, infirmity as we are. You look that up, the, the Strong's. Dictionary says that he was tempted with every moral frailty. Moral frailty. Not just frailty, but moral frailty. And I know what you're thinking. How could Jesus be tempted with everything from the time he lived in the time I lived in? Because, the, because it's threefold. All that's in the world is the lust of the flesh. The lust of the eye and the pride of life. Jesus had to deal with all three of them. Amen. He was tempted, but yet without sin. Amen. Praise God. Come on, put your hands together. Let's thank the Lord for that. We're talking about the Word of God. Now let's go back to James for a moment, and let's look at this a little closer. I'm making a statement now. Everybody will face temptation, trials, tests, no matter your status in life. Everybody will face temptations, trials, tests, no matter your stature in life. Would you agree, pastors? Temptation 
by definition, then, let's give a working definition for it, is an experiment, a mental state by which we are enticed. I'll say that again. Temptation is an experiment, a mental state by which we are enticed. Hmm? All temptation starts in the mind. The book of James said that we was to count it all joy. How do you count it all joy when you're facing a temptation, a trial, and a test? I can tell you now, in the U.S., they ain't counting it too much joy. Most of the leaders are falling in temptation. Huh? Amen. I mean, all kind of things, you name it, moral issues. I believe one of the problems of our economy in the United States is not a money problem. I believe it's a moral problem, personally. Amen. Personally, I believe that because the Scripture said righteousness exalts a nation. Sin is a reproach to any people, and I don't think America is exempt to that. Amen. Godliness promotes prosperity. It is the real foundation for prosperity. Godliness. It is profitable in all things. Amen. In this world and in the world to come. Let's look at James 1 again here now. So, so we, we said all temptation starts in the mind. James 1, let's look at verse 12 of that particular book. Listen what it said. Blessed is the man who persevere under trials. Blessed is the man who persevere under trials. Because when he stood the test, when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life that God had promised to those who love him. Now watch verse 13. When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me. (laughs) For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. Now watch this. This is why I say uh, everybody is tempted no matter what your status is in life. Listen to what it says here. But each one of us is tempted when we are drawn by his own evil desires, he is dragged away and enticed. Now watch. Then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. Don't be deceived, my dear brother. Every good and perfect gift come from above. Come down from the Father light, who does not change like shifting shadows. Somebody give Jesus a praise there. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So from this scripture, we see something. All temptation starts in the mind. What we want to look at, what is the roles here? Because we see God don't tempt us with evil, so somebody does. 
The Bible says every good and perfect gift come down from the Father light, in whom there's no variableness or shadow of turning or change. When God, God don't tempt us, but he does test us. God don't tempt us, but he does test me and you. Give me some help, somebody. Huh? He does test us. But when God tests me and you, his test causes us to grow. It brings growth. Amen. It brings promotion. Yes, it does. When God tests you, it brings growth and it brings promotion to your life. Huh? But when the devil tempts you, he's out to destroy you. He's out to destroy vision, dreams, marriage covenant, ruin ministry through a temptation. You know, as pastors and leaders, we need to understand the nature of this. Because none of us is exempt to it, no matter what our statute is, no matter what our title is, no matter what our education levels are, we are not exempt to temptation, trials, and tests. Temptation really, in essence, is desire for a good thing the wrong way. I'll say it again. Temptation, in its essence, is a desire for a good thing, fulfilling it the wrong way. Hmm? So that means then the devil takes something good and deceives us with it. Talk to me. But the test of God always takes you out of your comfort zone. When God tests you, when God tests me, you better believe it will take you out of your comfort zone. But how many of you know, no matter what test, you're not going to fail the test of God. Lift your hand and praise him right now. No matter what test, make that resolve right now. Make that resolve right now. It doesn't matter what the test of God our Father may be. We have failed our last test forever in Jesus' name. Somebody praise him right now. That's a good word of faith, ain't it? We can only say that by faith. We have failed our last test from God forever. I ain't getting no help in here. Thank you, ma'am. <laughs> let's look at let's 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 chase this through scripture and get some scripture reference on it. Let's look at Psalm sixty six for a moment. I said that God tests always take you out of your comfort zone. But he will use it to cause us to grow. He will also use it to bless us and to promote us. Amen. But God not only tests us, but God also will discipline us. Amen. So then temptations are working internal. Trials are external circumstances that are used. Temptations are, ex, ex, uh, are internal. Amen. All temptation starts between your two ears. All temptation starts between your two ears. That is, in your mind. Amen. So that means if we learn how to whoop it there, it'll never bear fruit in our life. Talk to me. 
<laughs> All right. Psalm 66, verse 10. God wants something out of the test and the discipline. Satan wants something out of the temptation. Amen. And we're going to discover what God wants. Because he wants something when he brings a test. Amen. Satan wants something when he brings a temptation. But whatever the devil means for evil, God will work it together for our good. Then he will turn it around and use it for his own glory. Whatever Satan means for our evil. Amen. You got Psalm 66, verse 10 of that book. Hallelujah. Let me get it here. It says, For you, O God, test us. You have refined us like silver. For you, O God, did what? Test us. And he also refined us like silver. How many of you know it takes fire to refine silver? Huh? It takes fire to burn the drop off of silver. So that the purity of the silver emerge and everything that takes away from the value of the silver falls back. Amen. Glory to God. How many of you see God doing that with your life tonight? Hallelujah to Jesus. I say hallelujah to Jesus. Glory to God. Turn with me now to Psalm 17. Psalm 17. Man, I feel the Holy Ghost up here. Hallelujah to Jesus. Psalm 17, verse 3 of that particular book. Listen to what it says. Though you probe my heart and examine me at night, though you test me, you will find nothing. I have resolved that my mouth will not sin. Come on, let's praise him right there. Here's the psalmist said, God, you tried me in the night, but you didn't find anything. Huh? Look with me now to the uh, to the book of Hebrews eleven. Hebrews eleven. We're just looking at it for a moment in scripture reference. Hallelujah to Jesus. This 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 is going. This is giving us uh, principles that will help us. Over the long haul. Sometimes short-term discomfort for long-term benefits. And that's God's way in our life as ministers. Amen. I said that's God's way in our life as ministers. Short-term discomfort that produce or yield long-term benefits. Hallelujah. The path of the just is as a shining light. That is, it's getting brighter and brighter and brighter unto that glorious day. We will only experience progress with God. Amen. I say we will only experience progress with God. Hebrews 11 and 17. Hebrews 11 and 17. Do you have it? And it takes me a little time to, to turn to these pages because at home I'm so used to using a lavalier mic. So I got both hands while I'm flipping it. <laughs> you got verse 17. Read it with me, please. 
All right. Oh, okay. Thank you, sir. <laughs> it said, by faith, Abraham, when God tested him, offered Isaac as a sacrifice. And he who had received the promise was about to sacrifice his only, his one and only son. Now, that, that is a test, ain't it? But that test changed his life forever. Glory to God. And there's a test God will give you that can change your life, your ministry forever. But it was, but it was not without a sacrifice. Huh? Sacrifice may go unnoticed by man, but never by God. God notice and observe our sacrifices. Let me talk to you now. In Hebrews chapter 12, that's one page on over here. Let's look at the role of God. God does not tempt us, but he will test us and he will discipline us. Trials are outside circumstances. That's what trials are. There are outside circumstances that can war against us on many di- dimensions and levels. The, uh, the Lord himself talked about things that tries us. Amen. Like a trial out of the book of Mark chapter 4. He gave, he said when he was teaching about the sower, soweth the word. He said, Now, if you don't know this parable, you can't understand the rest of them that I speak. So, in other words, he said that was the grandfather of all parents of parables because hidden in that parable was the lock or the key to all other parables. He said, when anybody hear the word of God, anybody, Satan come immediately. Somebody say immediately. That was a while ago. <laughs> I say that was a while ago. <laughs> Are y'all getting used to my colloquial uh US language yet? <laughs> the Bible says he used persecution and affliction. Trials, persecution and affliction comes to steal, to choke to stop the Word of God from working inside of the heart of a believer. But then he goes on to say, persecution and affliction come, but then he said, the cares of this world, the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches. Riches, nothing wrong with riches, but riches can deceive you. Making you believe that it can give you things that only God can give you. That's when, de- that's when you're deceived by riches. It gives the promise that it can give to you what only God give you. Like case, case in point, God tell us to tithe not because he need money. God tell us to tithe because he need obedience. And your obedience, like Abraham, when he offered up Isaac, become an act of worship. And as a result of that, it bring you something money came by you. It bring you blessings. It bring you increase. And it bring you protection. Let me say it again. It bring you blessings. It, listen, it's the blessing of the Lord. Now, man, say, kid, the bullshit. 
that makes us rich. And add no sorrow with it. The blessing of the Lord. Amen. So really, tithe is a test of the heart. <laughs> because think about it, how, how he who owned everything need anything from a human. Amen. Give, us, give me some help, somebody. All right. Let me go on now. Let me go on. So he says, the, deceit, the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, watch this now, and the lust of other things. Satan uses that against men and women to take the word out of you. Now, I know you know these things I'm talking about, but God want to take us a little deeper in it. Amen? All right. So then, the Bible said in Hebrews 12, watch this. Hebrews 12 and verse 5. Now look at the role of the Father here. He tests us and disciplines us. Say that with me. He tests us and disciplines us. Once again, he tests us and disciplines us. Now how do God do this? He will take outside circumstances and correct misbehavior. Huh? He'll take outside circumstances and correct misbehavior. Amen. Verse 5, it says, and, and you have forgotten the word of encouragement that address you as sons. My son, do not make light of the Lord's discipline. And do not lose heart. Now, ain't that something? There are some people don't pass the test of discipline with God, and they lose heart. They become discouraged, and they give up. Not knowing that God has short-term discomfort for long-term benefits. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. He said, don't, do not lose heart when you are rebuked. Because the Lord disciplined those he loves, watch this, and he punished everyone he accepts as sons, enduring hardship as disciplined. Enduring what? Did James say, Blessed is the man that endured temptation there now? Now we're talking about it. now we're talking about God will use hardship as a discipline here. That's what the NIV said. Come on, give me some help here. Let's give Jesus some praise for a moment. Come on. Come on now. Hallelujah. I don't blame you. Nobody want to shout over hardship, do they? But God has a bigger plan here. Let's see this thing. You're going to see it. Apostle was talking about it earlier today. He was talking about the jobs he had to work. Talk to me. That's part of, that was the shaping of destiny. That's part of what yield the man that we're looking at here today. Come on now. All right. It said, God treats you as sons. For what son is not disciplined by his father, 
if you're not disciplined and everyone undergoes discipline, then you are illegitimate children and you're not a true son. So God said, there's some people he ain't even claiming. Huh? How many of you know if you are an illegitimate son and you start a ministry, then your ministry is an illegitimate ministry? You start a church and you're an illegitimate son, then you start an illegitimate church. Talk to me in here. I ain't talking about nobody in here. You cannot be. You're a part of PBM. Come on, give me some help in here. <laughs> that was just food for thought. <laughs> okay, thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. All right, now listen to this, though, what he says here. He said, you're illegitimate children, and you're not a true son. Moreover, we all have had human fathers who disciplined us as, as we respected them for it. It was part of what built the relationship, father-son, father-daughter. Talk to me. Huh? <laughs> All right. It says, how much more should we submit to the father of our spirits and live? Our Father disciplined us for a little while as they thought best. But God know all. He's all-knowing. He don't have knowledge. He's all-knowing, declaring the end at the beginning. So he know the whole story before it started. He know your story before he started the story. Huh? Now watch this now. Listen to what he says. He says to me and you, our father disciplined us for a little while as though they thought best, but God disciplined us for our good, that we should share in his, God wants some more holiness. I said, God, <laughs> God wants some more holiness. What do you want? Holiness. I hear an apostle say one of the def definitions he gave of hol holiness is the fear of God. Another definition for holiness is Christ in us, living his life through us. That's holy, ain't it? And God will deal with anything that will begin to affect that in our life. Talk to me. All right, I'm going somewhere here. <laughs> he said, to share in his holiness, no discipline seemed pleasure at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produced a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. Somebody lift your hand and praise God right now for training us. Thank you for your training, Father. Hallelujah. Then we'll run and not get weary. We'll walk and not faint. They that wait on the Lord will renew their strength. Like eagles, we're mounting up. Hallelujah. Thank you, dear Father. Now, listen to this. So, listen, listen what, that, what the Bible, uh, the, the King James used the word chastening, didn't it? Huh? Listen what strong concordance says about chastening. Look, listen to this. It says, the fire, fire definition, 
the whole training. This is what chastening meant. That word the Bible said God chastened those he loved. He chastened who? Those he loved. So that's, that's what Paul's talking about today. That's a King James word. But what is it really saying? It says the whole training and education of children, which relates to the cultivation of mind and morals. So God used chastening to get your mind and your moral life together. He used discipline to get our minds and moral life in harmony with his word. All right, let me go on. It is and employs for for this purpose now and commands admonishment. Now reproof and punishment is also include the training and the care of the body. Here's number two. Whenever adults are cultivated, the soul, especially by correcting mistakes and curbing passions. By what? Correcting mistakes and curbing passions. Instruction. So that's that's another way another way we can say then what God is actually doing. He calls one to learn from instruction. Say that with me. He calls us one to learn from instructions. Now listen to this. Instructions which aim at increasing virtue, chastening, chastisement, and chastening. Amen. It means tutorage, that is education or training, by implication, disciplinary correction. Now, that was a lot of stuff there, ain't it? But you can see it in the Strong Dictionary. Amen. All right. With that thought in mind, then we can see then God will work on us through tests, through discipline, that we will yield holiness. The Father can and will use outward circumstances to grow us and to discipline us, building our character integrity, and faithfulness. I'll say it again. The Father can and will use outward circumstances to grow us and discipline us, building our character, integrity, and faithfulness. And the believers shall say, Now, Let's look for a moment at 1 Corinthians chapter 6 for a moment. Satan used temptation, bringing adversity and pressure to set you back by compromising righteousness. When the word becomes your standard, when the word of God becomes your standard, it challenges the way you live. Let me say that again. When the word of God become your standard for life, it challenges the way me and you live. Come on, talk to me. It's an easy thing to preach one thing and to do something contrary. But Philippians say God is at work in us both to will and to do. 
his good pleasure. He's not causing us just to will it. He's also working on us to do it. Huh? Amen. I remember, the, I remember it's, it's, it's sort of like one of the biggest things that have come on our nation, especially when it comes around the church, is when great leaders fall over things that don't even make sense to you. And Satan began to use that to magnify the imperfections of the church, which give many an excuse why they shouldn't accept Jesus, which we know that ain't right, but they don't know it ain't right. Amen. It was like when David committed the sin, the prophet of the Lord told him, what you have done is given occasion to the enemy of God to blaspheme his name. Talk to me. In other words, she said, you've given them an excuse not to believe in Jehovah because of your actions. Amen. Did not Paul say we are an epistle to be read of men? Then we have to ask ourselves, what is the story men are reading when they see us? Not only in public, but in our private life. All right now. <laughs> I'm going to keep on obeying God here. <laughs> All right. 1 Corinthians 6, I said when the word of God, let me say that again. Satan used temptation to bring adversity and pressure to set you back by compromising righteousness. When the word become your standard, it challenged the way you live. Huh? It challenged the way you live. Man, the things that, <laughs> let me move on, though, that I could talk about here. That goes on in Christendom in our nation is, is, is unbelievable. Let's look at verse uh, 18 of 1 Corinthians 6. This is what it says here. Verse 18. Flee from sexual immorality, and all other sins a man commits are outside of his body. But he who sins sexually sin against his own body. Do you, do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You have been bought at a price. Now watch what he tells us to do. Therefore, honor God with your body. Hallelujah. He said, honor God with these bodies, with these temples. Let me talk a little better to you. Let's go back to James 1 now. James 1, let's look at verse 12 again. Come on, say it with me. Trials, temptation, tests. No matter what my status is, I will have to deal with them. And how you deal with them when it comes to here is going to decide what goes on in your life. Amen. In your ministry. Huh? Give me some help. Give me some help now. You do know what's in the pulpit will begin to reflect itself throughout the congregation, don't you? Uh, as the priest, so are the people. Huh? 
James 1. Let's look at verse 12 once again. James 1 and 12. It said, Blessed is the man that endureth temptation, for when he is tried, not if, but when. <laughs> it didn't say if. It said when you are tried. Huh? He shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to them that love him. Notice the word that he gave us there, endure. What is endure talking about there? It says something to me and you. Listen what it means. Endure means to persevere under misfortune and trials, holding fast to one's faith in Christ. Endure means to persevere under misfortunes and trials. Holding fast to one's faith in Christ. Because really, let's be honest, what's under trial is your faith. Paul, Peter say, don't think of the strange things when the fiery trials of life tries your faith. Though it be tried in fire, it shall emerge as pure gold. And what it does, it reveals what we truly believe. And it's easy to preach one thing and believe another. It's easy to do. Amen. But James began this book by saying, count it all joy. When you come to, uh, up against temptation, trials and tests, watch what he say. Knowing this. So what is it that James knows that we need to know? It's something we need to know when a trial comes. It's something we need to know when a test show up. It's something we need to know when temptation knocks at our door because it will knock. And let me give you some news here. It ain't locked, it ain't knocked for the last time either. Hallelujah. I mean, you say, I would have it made in the shade if that was the last knock. I'm telling you, it wasn't the last knock. It will knock at your door again. Amen. But we're counting it all joy. He who begun a good work in you will perform what he has started. God never starts something that he can't finish. Come on, give him some praise right now. I say he, <laughs> he never starts nothing he can't finish. And the Bible says he has begun a good work in me and you. He will, faithful is he who promised it, for he will do it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And if we're falling, you're not going to fall again. Hallelujah. I see somebody rising in the sunshine. Glory to God. I see the eagle soaring higher than they ever saw before. Glory to God. I see the broken wing being mended tonight. Knowing this. That the trying of your, of your faith work it patience. In other words, endurance. Hallelujah. God teach you how to stand. And having done all to stand, you stand therefore. 
You overcome the circumstances and the situations that come to every minister and every ministry. And these are the areas that we preach, but we don't believe, you know, physician heal yourself. There'll come a time we have to take the same medicine we give into our church. So that our marriage stay healthy. Talk to me. So that our finances stay healthy. So that our vision continue to be fulfilled. Let's analyze it a little closer here now. I got good news for you. And here's the good news. 1 Corinthians 10, 13 says, there's no temptation, trial or test that can take you, but it's common to man. That means what you have to face, what you will face is universal. Somebody have faced it and they've already gone through it out on the other side saying he's sweet, I know. Amen. Listen to me. Read that, read that scripture there. No temptation have taken you except such as common demand. That means it's universal. Everybody faced the same stuff in one level or another. But God is faithful. I want to say that one more time. But God is faithful. I want to say that one more time. But God is faithful. That means he's trustworthy. Worthy of my trust in him. But God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. That means it can't show up except you can handle it. It can't show up at your door except you can handle it. If you can't handle it, God can't let it show up to you. The temptation to manipulate, to scheme, to connive, to try to get a, to try to be successful in the eyes of men, come to ministry. But God knows you can pass that test. You can pass that test and instead of relying on games and tricks, you will rely on the Lord. And no good thing will he withhold from us if we walk upright. That's what the words say. God is a sun and a shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. And no good thing. There's nothing that you need to fulfill your purpose and assignment on this earth that God will withhold from you if you will walk upright. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Notice, notice what the Bible says, the just shall live by faith. The Bible says we walk by faith and not by sight. It's a faith walk. And faith is a knowledge of who God is. It's a knowledge of who he is. My God Almighty. Oh, you're talking about a message the apostle left with us in the U.S. He told us one night, who is God? Lord, have mercy. It changes your whole perspective. Because you begin to see whatever you need, that's what he'll be to you. 
Hallelujah. He didn't say I was. He said I am that I am. He didn't say one day I will be. He said I am that I am, and that's my name forever. I believe tonight that I am is still God in the midst of me and you. Hallelujah. Come on, you give me some help in here tonight. Give God some praise. Give God some praise here. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. No, PBM, we're not here front moves. We're receiving from God exactly what we need so we can be all that God called us to be. We are not faking moves and pretending to be something we're not. We say, God, do it in me again. You know what I need. Come on, stand to your feet. Give Jesus a praise for a moment. Come on, stand to your feet and give Jesus a praise here for a moment. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Somebody pray in the Holy Ghost with me for a moment. Oh, Shakaka, oh, Shakaka, oh, Shakaka, oh, Shakaka, Zaka, 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 eh, Shobaha, Baha, no, Sokonka, Zela, Zela, Brosha, 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 Rila Basakaraba, Rila Basakaraba, Rila Basakaraba. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Zoye Masakisa, non sebea, rusayaya, oh, sakapaha haba, oh, sakapaha yaba, oh, shakahabahayi, yeaba shakanga kita, nushekabata, nushabataka. No, 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 Shaba shaba, yebe shaba ba shaba, mosho komomo, nia 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 ngonga sheka ba shoko mama, nere ya mosho ya mosho ya, ora no sheke lebe shoko lebe, no ya ya mosho ya, ne me sheke lebe. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. You're worthy to be praised. 
You're worthy to be praised. I will call on the Lord who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from my enemies. Let God arise and let the enemies be scattered. Yes. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. You may be seated. Thank you so much. You may be seated. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. When we look at temptation, we see that temptation has four stages to it. Now, this is going to get us help when we understand the stages of temptation. It has four stages to it. Number one, the first stage has to do with desire. Desire. The first stage of temptation begins with desire. Huh? The second stage has to do with deception. The third stage has to do with disobedience. And the fourth stage has to do with death. Because that's what James said. And when it is finished, there's some temptation, he say, when it gets through with you, it brings forth death. And it does not mean here uh, the sensation of, of, of life or dying, it means it separates you from God's presence. Amen. Which is vital for our joy and our peace, would you agree? Our love and our harmony. The presence of, in thy presence, O Lord, is the fullness of joy. Huh? And at his right hand is life evermore. He shows us the pathway of life. So that's where we get directions for life. Direction for our assignment. Direction come from living and fellowshipping with God on a consistent basis. Is that right? James 1.13 says, let's look at it again. Listen to what it says here. It says, hallelujah. Let me get it over here. <laughs> James 1.13 it says, when temptation, when tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each one is tempted, look at verse 14, when he's dragged, when, when by his own evil desire. Everybody say desire. So you see, so that's the first phase of all temptation. It starts with a desire. Huh? And he's drug away and enticed by what? By desire. By desire. Huh? So desire, the term used, in other words, you get from th that word uh, desire, the term is used like a lure. Because notice the, the NIV say drag them away. So he uses something to lure a person out of their position into another place. Uh when you use the word lure, it's the same word that the fishermen use, a lure. So you, you think about fishing not with a net, but with a line and a hook. 
So all fishermen know, all fishermen know, if you're going to catch fish, you don't throw a, a naked hook in the water. You got to put a bait on it. Come on, talk to me. You got to put a bait on the hook. Now, all the fish see is the bait, but behind the bait is a hook. That's what James talking about here. Behind the desire that Satan used to tempt every man and woman is a hook in it. He'll make you look at the meat, but there's a hook in the meat. <laughs> what I say is in the meat. What's in the meat? It's a hook in it. I don't care how good it look. Listen, I don't care how good that meat look. It's a hook in it. And the hook is to take the fish life. Satan uses desires to lure you away from God's vision, plan, purpose, and destiny for your life. Listen to me. How many of you know, no, then that tells you something. No temptation appears to be what it is. There's an allusion to all temptation. It is given the promise it can give you something that you'll never know fulfillment by, no matter what form it's in. It's an illusion. Now, what the illusion does, it blurs the vision of one that's looking at it. You, you, you see something that's not there. And when vision is blurred, listen to me. This is what happened to pastors and ministers all the time. When visions is blurred, that means it's easy to cross the line of boundaries because you're not seeing no more like you're supposed to. Praise God. They just gave me my time was up. I will pick up in. Keep on going, sir. Okay. All right. <laughs> okay. So when, so when your vision is blurry, you cross this boundaries that's been set for you as a minister. You know better, but once vision is blurred, you can justify because you're not seeing things as they are. Talk to me. Now, he uses that by desire. Huh? But now it don't stop with desire. How, how many of you know earlier when I first started talking to you about temptation, I said temptation is fulfilling a good thing in a bad way. A good, say it with me, a good thing in a bad way. I, 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 I don't blame you for picking up my bad language. I say thing a lot, and you say thing, I guess. <laughs> now, listen to me. Then... Then that brings my attention to what? And when the Bible say lust, a desire, it means you've been drugged by passion. That's what the, the strong said, passion that needs to be curbed or desire that's out of hand. It can be for anything. Usually anytime you mention lust, the first thing that comes to people's mind is sex. Now, sex is included, but you can lust for a lot of things that's not sexful that will get you out of place with God. Talk to me. Huh? Case in point. How many know food is good? Give me some help in here. How many know food? You need it to live. 
But the Bible said in Proverbs, gluttony is a sin. Talk to me. That's the same thing to relate to food that keeps us alive. But then when we cross the boundary, it becomes gluttony. Huh? And the Bible called it a sin. Talk to me. How many of you know the Bible said everything that God made was good? Then God made sex, didn't he? Don't get quiet on me there. Did, did, did God make it or not? And he said, and it was good. But in the same book of Hebrews, it said homemongers and adulterers, God rejected. A good thing being done the wrong way. Talk to me. Now, the Bible said here that, that sin, when it is finished, bring forth something. Uh, another, uh, <laughs> one more thing I want to say. I mean, you know, we all need to sleep. Huh? But the Bible talked about a man that keeps turning over and over on the mattress and won't get up. <laughs> it said poverty will come on him like an armed bandit. <laughs> And rob him of his whole future in life. Simply for one thing only, he abuses something that God gave only for a portion in our life. See? Huh? <laughs> That's what he said. <laughs> and also, uh, you know, normal sleep is good, but when you go into that kind of sleep, it's called laziness. That's right. So lust can be any kind of desire that's out of control. One of the reasons the Holy Spirit indwell us, three relationships God sustained toward mankind. First of all, God is for us. God is with us. And when you receive the Spirit of God, he's in us. Now, what is the Spirit of God in us for? One of the primary reasons is to take control of our life. And when we yield to the Holy Spirit, he bring life and peace for the counterfeits of Satan temptation. Things that Satan has promised you, he going to fulfill you with, it never fulfills. Anybody, and I can tell you this because I came from the streets. I didn't grow up in the church. Anything out there that Satan uses, when you get over in lust for it, you can never be satisfied from it. I don't care what it is. That's the, that's the destructive force, even if a man get into, why do you think drug dealing is so destructive? Because I don't care how much money a drug dealer makes, he wants some more money. And he wants some more money, and he wants some more money, and the money he got, he can't be happy with it, because wealth gotten by vanity, talk to me, soon diminish. It takes wings and fly from you, and it brings no peace or harmony to you. I'm telling you, you can make millions and can't even sleep. You don't have no rest. Why? You get, you're getting a good thing the wrong way. But when the Holy Spirit come in us, he bring order to our life. 
And the fruit of righteousness is born in peace of those that make peace. It yields the fruitful peace of life. Glory to God. I'm through for tonight. But I'll pick up tomorrow, sir. I'll pick up on the next day, brother. Bless you. <laughs> Put your hands together for the Lord. Oh, my. Do you know something? We, we, would, we shouldn't work with time, really. Do you know, it's God talking to you. Now, let me just help before we just close. Because I, we wouldn't have any more preaching tonight. What God has said is enough for you to go and think about. All right? Tomorrow, I will talk about operating in supernatural. But there are some few things that God spoke to, to Doc. Reflection. Temptation is within, trial is without. All right? God uses things outside to try you. But Satan uses the thing inside to tempt you. It's another thing very strong that God will not allow a trial beyond your capacity. Before God allows a trial to come, he knows that he has put inside you the ability and capacity to overcome it. Now, I want to sh- ask you this. What are the trials you are going through now? Beginning from disappointment from church member. The one you rely upon so much and you rested the whole of your life upon and you just broke it. Does that bring an end to your ministry? No. What trial are you going through right now? I want you to recognize the key controlling factor in trial. You pass through your trial if your hope is in God. And that is faith. By faith we live. By faith we walk. Why should you complain when you are being tested? It could be in your marriage. It could be in your business. It could be in your office. Whenever there's an external manifestation that challenges you on the line factor that is the trial but whenever there is an enticing thing coming to you good right thing for the wrong way that is temptation hallelujah and the temptation you can always say no but for trial you can always say don't worry, I will handle it. The end of the matter has been determined before the Father allowed it. Are we, are we together? You can go and sleep with this. What could be the trial that you are going through right now? And I will seal this up by letting you know this. The trials you went through 10 years ago are gone. The ones you are going through right now, we ha- it has expiry date. But you can prolong it if you don't yield to God. Because trial is to catch your attention, to prove you so that you can be promoted. And if you apply wrong things to trial, God will make sure the days of the trial is prolonged. Because you must pass it before you go to the next stage. 
So if you quickly do what God is saying, you pass it quick and you move on. If you refuse to apply God and you are blaming everybody around you for your trial, the principle of trial which God has given trial is that they have to remain until you learn the lesson to rely upon God. So some of you have prolonged your trial. But you can shut them down today and their expiry will manifest. You have to pass trial because God said you can't fail it. Isn't it? And that's the scripture. So it means that when God give you that test, if you apply wrong application, God will allow the test to remain until you apply what God has given in the word. And then when you have passed before God, the child is gone. And he moves you to the next stage. Uh, he lifts you up, promotes you. And every stage you go in life has its own trial as well. The higher you go, the more your trial shall be. Somebody say amen. I didn't hear your amen. <laughs> Hallelujah, somebody. Because big man of God must have big trial from God. Hallelujah. <laughs> because God will give you trial according to your capacity. So that you can say, I fought a good fight. Uh-huh. Now listen to me. Is God not beautiful? Ephesians chapter 1 verse 11. Unto he who is able to bring everything under his control and to the subjection of his will. Ephesians 1 11. Put it on the board for us, Pastor. Then we're going to pray. So which means that for trial, we need the knowledge of God just to apply it and we pass. When we apply the arm of flesh, the knowledge of man, counsel of people, we fail. Unless if that counsel is in line with the written word. Amen. And we're in him we were chosen having predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will. So everything that happens to us, temptation, trial, God is working behind it. Let's stand up together. You know, what I want us to do tonight is to thank God for the revelation we got tonight. Shall we just begin to thank God? Thank God for speaking to you tonight. It says, consider it pure joy when you face all kinds of trial. You wouldn't mourn a trial anymore. You thank God for it. Your trial will produce joy. <laughs> Lord, we bless you. We exalt and magnify thee, Lord Jesus. We thank you, King of Heaven. We glorify the Jehovah. We bless you, we bless you, we bless you, we bless you. Thank God for the revelation of the word. Thank God for the impartation of the word. Thank God for the direction of the word. Thank God for the illumination of the word. Thank God for the deliverance that the word brings. Lord, we exalt and magnify your holy name. Thank God for the strength he has given to you to overcome every trial. To pass every test. 
Thank God for the in, inner knowledge of God. He is the same God working all things in us in conformity with His will. Now, thank God for how you have overcome many temptations in life. It was the grace of God that sealed you through. When the devil said the, the snare, when he sent the hook to your, to, your, to your sea, it is God who caused you not to pick that up. It is his mercy that helps you to see there is a hook behind it. The snare is broken and we have escaped. Help is in the name of the Lord. If you have fallen before, thank God for the God of second chance who had given you another privilege that the devil did not kill you in your fallen state. His mercy endureth forever. Eternal one that loves his own children, he will never allow the devil to prevail over us. Though we may have suffered a little while, but yet he strengthened us. He said, when you suffer a little while, he said, you get up again. Knowing that your other brethren are going through the same suffering. The one who will not allow any test that had never been used to a man before. Lord, we exalt and magnify you. We give you the glory and honor and praise. In Jesus' anointed name we pray. You know, this is your trial. It's why? Some of you, your child is your children. Why you have some other people whose children just obey? And you could have a child who just disobeys. And that becomes your heartache. Instead of having heartache, rejoice, he says. When you look at that trial, laugh at it. You look at the trial, just rejoice. Some other, some other is their spouse. Maybe you love the Lord so much, unfortunately, your spouse has moved away from God, doesn't want to hear anything about it. And that has become your headache. Not every one of us have the grace like God that our spouses serve God with us. Some of us, our spouses, just don't want to serve Him anymore. It is a period of trial. What to do is you rejoice. Whenever ugly things happen around you, laugh at it because... If you look inward, the grace is inside you to handle it, to keep it at bay, and to overcome. Also, whenever the devil dabbles his carrots, the principal strength to overcome temptation is the knowledge of God. Joseph said, for me to do this and sin against the Lord, and that's what gave him victory. And so we understand that we must spend good time studying and investigating God. Don't read Bible because you want to preach. If you read Bible to preach to people, you don't know the Bible. You have to read Bible to investigate God so that you can discover yourself. And when you know the Word, because you study it, when you start teaching, you will flow in many things. That's what you see here. Somebody who had committed himself to the study of the Word. And when you now begin to flow out of the chamber that is taught in you, in your investigation, Holy Ghost will begin to bring application. So you must spend your time, you know, studying the world, investigating it. When I told you two days ago that I, I started to investigate Jesus, when I first said that, some, I saw some things, oh, 
Apostle, is, is it because you have just come out of law, you are not investigating Jesus Christ? And I said, well, that's the reason why I'm investigating my master. Because I found out that he's too far away in who he is to what we are. And we want to catch up with him. And so we have to investigate him, analyze him, and then look at our life in line with what we discovered. Then we'll find where we are not conforming. And when we find where we are not conforming, then we subject ourselves to conform with him. And each time we conform with his attitude, we see the result that attitude gives him. And that is just the same thing with the Father. Tomorrow, by the grace of God, we will look more intently. The lecture I'm teaching you in the, in the first lecture about operating in supernatural, the main topic of it is manifesting God. That is operating the God in you. And we're going to see more from what um, uh, Doug spoke to us today about God. More about God himself. And when we dive into God himself, we will discover more about who God ordains us to be. And we will now see the limitations that we have imposed on ourselves, why we are not operating like God in some instances. And I expect that when we finish that lecture, we go into practical, why we start to manifest all these things. Tonight, ask God to visit you. I had an encounter yesterday night, I'll tell you tomorrow. I've shared it with Doc and uh, Bishop Grace and a few others. Ask God to visit you. God reveals himself to an expectant heart. If you hit your bed without expecting, you wake up with nothing. If you go to bed expecting, dialoguing with the Lord, certainly he will not deny you. He loves to reveal himself, but somebody has to seek to find. Amen. May the Lord strengthen and bless you. Shall we just share the grace together in fellowship?